Last Friday, we lost a baseball legend in Hank Aaron, one that obviously played for the Brewers and Braves, but just transcended the game. And luckily for us in this organization, we have so many greats, whether it be players or ex-managers, front office personnel, but we also have those that are friends with the legends of the games. And so today, Gary Matthews Sr., Sarge, is going to talk to me. And we're going to talk a lot about Hank Aaron. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball there. Coming down. down. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for breakfast. It's Kevin Franzen. At Kevin Franzen on Twitter and Today, we're talking a lot about Hank Aaron, and Friday we lost him as he passed away in his sleep at the age of 86, and I mean, it's he's a legend. Doesn't matter what organization the man plays for, played for, who he represents, he represented the game of baseball better than anyone, maybe in the history of the game. And fortunately for us, uh, we have a couple buddies of his and one that is as close of a friend in Gary Matthew senior Sarge, um, who spent lots of time and is going to be attending his memorial this week. Um, had, and is going to take the time and talk to us. So let's bring him on. I'm happy to have this guy come on because this guy Sarge is someone that every day that I was in a Phillies uniform, put me in a better mood. I would see him. He'd give me a nod. It was the the way you said hi to me every day, the hug. I mean, it was it was incredible. I get to have you on, and I get to talk about a, a good buddy of yours who unfortunately passed away on Friday, but uh, one that I think uh, myself, yours, for you too, love talking about, and that's Hank Aaron. Sarge, what's up, my man? Hey, Kev. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. Always good. You doing all right? Ex uh, alumni, of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, doing doing really great. It's been a a, a rough, uh, want to say, year and a half mm-hmm. for all the Hall of Famers, and particularly uh, my ex teammate and Phil Nequil, and yeah. then my mentor and uh, Hank Aaron, which mentored a lot of. Uh, the players uh, and did his job on the field in such, you know, a quiet uh, way that uh, uh, even though he measured up in the end, Kev, uh, not so much always when he was playing, because remember, he didn't hit a lot of majestic home runs. He was just consistent. He just hit a lot of them. Uh, well, yeah, uh, uh, a lot of them. Uh, but see, when you talk about home runs, people don't realize Hank was a complete player. Oh, yeah. Look at the RBIs. Uh, are you kidding me? Uh, Sarge, like I was talking to Charlie about it manual today, and the biggest thing that I took out of it is knowing how many, you know, leading the the you know having MLB number one all time in RBIs, total bases, all this stuff. Uh, he hit three, like three thirty, with runners in scoring position for an entire career. You're going, what the hell? He hit like three thirty with two outs, runners in scoring position. You're going, like it wasn't just like one, you know, like a a, a ten year run where it just boosts his numbers. He was consistently great. That's unbelievable for you to be able to um, throw out that stat like that, uh, Kev. I see you've been doing some serious, serious. Well, no, I because he, he's one of those guys that, like, when uh, growing up between Mays and, and stories about Mays McCovey from my dad, my grandfather, Hank Aaron was always brought up. And so there's, you know, as, as we've gotten more and more information on the internet, as far as like the, the stats and, and everything you start looking at, you're going, Oh my God, the one stat that I will always take away that I never knew until a couple of years ago was that he was six feet tall <laughs> because oh, he was a larger than life. When you think Hank Aaron, I always thought six, five, I did. 
because no the, way. Yeah, because of the 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 amount of numbers that he put up, like the stuff that you're you're not thinking six feet one eighty, right? You're not thinking that. Yeah. yeah. And and, yeah. and the sad part is, is that when you lose a legend like that, you're losing you know stories that he had that he passed on to so many guys like yourself. Um, because now everything's on, you know, social media, you get every at bat, everyone can see everything, but like with him, with Mays, with McCovey, there were stories and there, you know, that's how the legends were built. Yeah, I agree with that. And his stories, uh, he didn't always really, really let out. And the thing that makes it even, uh, even just greater than even almost Hank is the times kev in which he was growing up and uh just touching on that a little bit and him looking at jackie robinson and saying you know what i want to i want to be able i want to be able to do that hmm. a lot of people don't realize when hank first started and he was still a good hitter he used crosshand meaning that you didn't have the, if you're a right-handed hitter your left hand on the bottom he had it on the top wow can you imagine uh, uh that but i think uh, it's hard uh, to do that with a putting stroke <laughs> i mean you know i just uh and uh i you know really uh can't wait uh to see when they have the Hank Aaron uh, uh, story, and believe me, there are people I'm sure that are talking about that. And the testament to Hank, when you look at all of the statues uh, that he has around, uh, you know, our country, but even really to be able, I mean, to hit, could you imagine, Kev, having Hank hit behind you your whole career? No, no. I, I had Barry Bonds hit behind me for like five games, but that was cool. Even <laughs> so, you know, the stat with uh, runners in scoring position to hit 330 oh. is, 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 is like a statement that they said about Josh Gibson, which yeah. was the best a black uh, player of all time that simply said, well, when the pitchers got two strikes on Josh Gibson, the pitcher was in deep duty. <laughs> but, and then you marvel, mar you marvel about the way that Hank played and the way that Willie Mays played. Kev, back in the day, they couldn't start on those teams back then. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine that? It's and as great as and as great as Hank was, but what makes him stand out more so for me, Kev, is the things that he did on the field and not shy away from it. Even in the home run when he was gonna break Babe Ruth, do you know the hate mail? Oh yeah. That Woman end up getting, and guess what? He said it made him want to hit it even more. So, <laughs> okay, uh, this, this is the thing. I mean, if the audience doesn't take anything away from whatever we're talking about, it's just that he was from that era where you say, "Hey, man, you can't do it. Uh, I can do it." I mean, you tell me I can't jump six feet this or whatever. Hey, I can do it. And uh, the consistency, and again, he didn't get the do uh, back then, but guys that have played like you, guys that have played like me, it doesn't count the knockdowns from uh, uh, Josh, uh, not Josh, but uh, Bob Gibson, and uh, check the record out what he hit against Sandy uh, Colfax. Uh, it's unbearing because I don't know about you, but when J.R. Richard threw one in there at my ribs, uh, that ball on the outside, uh, I wasn't really attacking yeah. the way. <laughs> oh, it's so good. No, but like you, you bring it, you bring up, and it, you know, going through that time, uh, he's from Alabama, 
you're from San Fernando in, in, in California, two different worlds. And to, to witness what he was going through, uh, you know, through radio, through TV, whatever it may have been, and handle it with the grace that he did. I tweeted it out the other day. I said to, to know that he was one of the greatest players in his sport and to be known for being a better human being, doesn't that say you live life perfectly? Like you lived it exactly how you're, you're supposed to? That's the exact point I was making, that even all the things he did on the baseball field, to help people here, and I live here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. to see the outpouring of people, it is almost, I mean, it's just, you, well, I, I don't want to say he's, he's, he's like God-like in terms of, I just want to go and show my respects. I just want to go and when history shows I'm taking my selfie to show I was here. Mm. Uh, and I'm happy to say my, uh, I mean, obviously knowing him and um, Delvin with, with major league baseball and Hank did some things for them. I had my, uh, my grandson uh, uh, end up taking a picture with him. And when I was at Hank's uh, house doing his birthday, showed him that. And he said, hey, man, that's going to be a pretty good kid. Well, that a lot has to do with having pretty good parents. But for for Denver to take that and have that picture uh, will give him really aspirations the rest of his life. And uh, that really, really means personally a lot for me but imagine him doing this for i mean everybody feels like that the way i do or even mm-hmm. more so i mean this guy i i've seen him and when you're around him there's a mystique like there's an air like there's a light when uh, you're around him even lately in his wheelchair when he was uh uh, doing some educational things, having a wing after his name. And he was actually uh, right there hmm. uh, along with Ralph Gar and obviously uh, Dusty uh, Baker. But uh, uh, when you when you get where, Cab, a guy's doing something and you don't mind canceling plans or <laughs> driving four or five whatever hours, uh, tells you all you need to know uh, about a human for sure. You, I mean, look, you came up your first time you came up to the big leagues. Willie Mays was on the team, McCovey. Uh, I mean, you you could talk with Bobby Bonds, Juan Marichal. I You can go on and on, and you have that camaraderie. You have that fraternity within the baseball world, and you know you got this. They pass things on. But you and Hank never played together, and you became that close. What was well, what was it with that, with, with, with him and you? Like how, I, and, and the stories, like the, the, the like he, the, talking baseball was was different back then because you guys actually talked baseball. You guys didn't talk about other crap. You were talking baseball. Well, yeah, and to put it bluntly, he he really took kind of Ralph Gar and Dusty. Uh, under his arm, took care of them. I was Dusty's best friend. Yeah. So obviously, I'm going to have the opportunity to be able to be around him. But not only that, back there in the day, from Willie Stargell to Pete Rose, uh, to all the veterans, they would always talk with some of the younger stars or the stars that were supposed to be. But again, all those players and so on that I name uh, uh, from Pete that made him the player really that he was or even talking with Ted Williams. Hmm. Let me tell you, friend, those kind of hitters, they don't talk to guys that can't hit a fastball. Mm -hmm. Ted Williams don't spend that time with Tony Gwynn if Tony can't hit. And even though Hank, he took us, 
you know, under uh, his wing, more so Willie McCovey, Willie Mays, for me, in particular, Willie McCovey, I was his locker partner. Mm. Well, he did the same thing with Dusty. Taught Dusty how to play. Taught Dusty how to act. Taught Dusty how to look for certain pitches. Guy might move a glove certain way, you know, might hold it tight on the fastball. You know, analytics know nothing, you know, about that. You know, I and, and analytics, we need the game plan, as you know, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But me, maybe you can answer this. After Nolan Ryan has hit me in the ribs, can analytics help me on that other fastball 102 away? Hell no. Tell me how I go about approaching that ball. Uh, what? Just take it? Yeah, no, that's amazing that you bring it up. It's just, it's so true because that little doubt that you have, you're like, I ain't ain't digging in. (laughs) Hey, man, I figured it out early. A good day against Nolan Ryan, J.R. Richard, simple. A couple punch outs, a couple walks, (laughs) and then Bob Nepper's going to pitch on that Sunday, now that's the time to eat porterhouse steaks. That's okay? get it, get it on. Yeah, you're three for four, you're four for four, you know, two for three. That's when it becomes payback because the other guys have made you like, man, are you sure you should be in the major leagues? Okay, <laughs> and especially in the Astrodome. Oh, I that. make no. It was a graveyard. Yeah, graveyard, and you couldn't see. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Sandy Koufax versus Hank Aaron. Hank, uh, he had a 362 clip with a 1077 OPS. Is that good? How many bombs? Uh, Seven. He had 17 (laughs) bombs against Don Drysdale. (laughs) That's the one one you're like, because, you know, on the page you can go through, uh, you know, what he hit against certain guys or every guy that he faced. And I would say in the top 25, probably half of them are in the Hall of Fame. And it's just like Bob Gibson might be the only one that owned him, but he still shot him eight times. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It gives me chills because I saw Bob late in his career. And I can remember after the third time that I was striking out that, uh, uh, Dragging my bat back, I was going like, Jesus Christ, they tell me this guy don't have anything, you know, and I'm like, ain't picking up the slider, fastball up and in. I mean, really? Uh, you know? The yeah, best part about, the best stories I hear about Bob Gibson are like how, in, like everyone's like, oh, you know, he never hit guys. He just buzzed you and he, he intimidated you. Well, who said that? Why well, you do you look at the because all the stuff is is about how tough he was right and he was just a badass on the mound and he was yeah. really really good but you look yeah. at his numbers I don't think he I don't think uh, he hit a lot of guys in his career he just scared the hell out of you well let me just tell you this from experience he broke Jim Ray Hart's collarbone he constantly put Mays on his back. And Dave Rader, one of our catchers, he hit him right in the helmet. I was in that game. So let me tell you something. Other than his stats, I ain't a Bob Gibson or St. Louis Cardinal fan. (laughs) Other than the respect because they're a great organization. But playing-wise, let me tell you something. It was like the Hatfield and the McCoys. (laughs) You better Okay. With those organizations right there. Hey, man, they were tough. Yeah, well, and it sucks because, you know, when you talk about that organization, uh, uh, along with the Braves, I mean, lost so much great greatness. They're Hall of Famers in, uh, this last year, and it's just like, ah, uh, you know, but it, it's, again, that goes to the stories, right? The, the Cardinals and the Braves, the storied histories, the storied franchises, yeah. the storied you know, Hall of Famers they have. And it's like with yeah. with Necro and, and um, you know, Don Sutton, 
who, by the way, you owned, just a little FYI, 305-918 OPS, seven bombs. Did you know that? Um, I thought, honestly, being from L.A., uh, really, Kev, that uh, I, 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 I hit L.A., them Dodgers, and I came up again with the Giants, like the Hatfield and the McCoys. Mm-hmm. You didn't win a game all year. It better when you win one, it better be against them Dodgers mm-hmm. if you're with the Giants. Uh, but you know, uh, I gotta, I, I don't know, I know I hit him good. Uh, and I always joke because if a left hander was pitching, I thought that was kind of a day off. But you knew at least one at bat, you're gonna get one up and in. You never hit Don Sutton's good curveball, and you know, I'm looking dead red, and if it hangs up there or happens to, I just want to put a good swing on it, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> you know, with, with, with some anger. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, and you, I mean, look, the, the numbers bear it. Like, you just, you raked them. So that, that that's awesome to see. But with, uh, you know, talking about Hank and, and everything that, you know, the example that he set for young African-American players, do you think it, it fueled more fire for fans in, in that time because he was so graceful because he didn't fight back, but he fought back with his plane, like just continue to dominate and, and not let any of that affect him outwardly, probably most likely internally it did? Yeah, well, again, make it clear. He fought back, really, even off the field, and especially after he ended up uh, marrying Billy, who was obviously an a educated person. She was with him when he, you know, ended up uh, breaking that record with him, uh, obviously, uh, 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 right now. But, you know, with athletes, we become kind of in a shell. One of the reasons I respect Jerron uh, 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 James so much is the things that he does off the off the court, mm-hmm. the things that he does, uh, the humanitarian side of it from the schools and so on. No, I don't know him. You know, I'm not getting into the, the debate who's the best and who's not. But no, but I feel you know in my era, but with 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 Hank, the the things that he did off the field. And take it further, though, Cab, to be respected mm-hmm. in a state that is really, really, uh, I don't want to say red or blue, but that has been prejudiced for a long, long time, to be able to finally have people like that get on the bandwagon says just, I mean, it measures Hanks in terms where uh, you just don't even know where to go with it other than ultimately uh, uh, the respect. It's incredible. I mean, because, again, all the numbers that he has that are in the game and that the, 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 res- the word respect is probably the most glaring one in that because it, it, it wasn't just because it was, uh, you know, Hank Aaron, the, the player. Black, white, didn't matter – they respected him, and that's that changes a a, a country, really. I mean, you, oh, you think about it. I can't even I can't even get you know, imagine what he was going through, but also continuing on, right? Like being that strong, the the strong man that he was on and off the field, but like to continue the ways to you know pave that 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 path for everyone. Yeah, not for everyone. And keep in mind, uh, you had your own teammates that didn't want to play with you. And it wasn't because of the fact that you weren't good. Uh, It's almost the same scenario of the day. Uh, You're taking jobs, but uh, I've looked at this and been writing down so many things here, Kev, because imagine this, to take someone and not even know about the particular sport, could you imagine that your ancestors are coming from a whole different country and then you look at a different sport that is that they've been playing and become the best at that sport? Again, 
really tells you volumes of the dedication and what it took to be uh, his greatness. Because keep in mind, you know, he didn't have a regular bat. He'd go like, hey, man, can you, can you uh, uh, bill me this? I mean, we got stories like I, I talking with Billy Williams about that. Hey, man, we didn't really have balls, but guess what? We had like uh, Coca-Cola pops and we would hit those kind of things yeah. all the time, you know, and same there with Hank. I mean, I learned how to hit on the wiffle ball, okay? Mm-hmm. Didn't hurt as much when it hit you in the rib. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, the guy was a pioneer and uh, you could tell with, you know, all the outstanding uh, tributes to him. And, uh, you know, I've gotten invited there to uh, the ceremonies and I, I feel honored to go there to honor uh, Hank Aaron for me. What was his message normally to like younger guys, like younger players he took under? That's a pretty good question because, you know, really at the time, Hank used to just really laugh all the time. But he would, you know, not really scold you or but get on you if you weren't able to really have a good uh, uh, swing at a pitch or uh, know that pitcher. There's a difference again, Kev, between the analytics because we end up having that in our head. We knew what uh, a pitcher was going to throw us. You knew where to play a particular hitter depending on the pitcher that was out there that was uh, uh, throwing from a left-hander to a right-hander. Well, all that was really there in our head. And the fact it's, it's, I see that's a good question because when you ask a guy, Hey man, what does it do? You know, uh, when, when, when you struggle, well, he can't answer that. Mm -hmm. He never <laughs> you and I struggle. Yeah. You know what are you? Yeah. you in a slump. But he did say the one that you know don't always try and hit that ball out of the ballpark. He might go through a two-week stretch. He's getting his stroke together where he's hitting the ball hard. He already knows who he's going to face. He already knows kind of the pitchers not swinging good. Every pitch ain't a home run. Maybe he's getting it where he's hitting it the other way. You know, hitting it the other way, you know. Mm-hmm. So he taught us basically, all of us, more or less, being a, a complete player, hitting the ball where I wish everybody would have played me on the other side of second base yeah. during my career. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I wasn't a great hitter, but I can guarantee you one thing I know how to hit the ball to the opposite side, mm-hmm. okay? And I don't care if it's uh, inside. But Hank had the knack to be able to inside hit it out. That's why they threw the ball away. I mean, as a hitter yourself, how many times have you actually seen the ball hit the bat? Probably I could count on one hand. Okay. (laughs) Okay. People like Barry Bonds, uh, Gwen, Williams, Hank Aaron, they see that every at bat. Yeah, they know exactly what seam they're actually hitting too. <laughs> well, I ain't going that far, but I know. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like they, the game moved at such a different pace for them in their mind and the way that they went. It's like when when you say that, it it just makes sense. Like it, nothing sped up on them ever. No. No, because they're just so quick. It's God-given talent. But they're also, like, to go on top of that is the conversation that you were just having is the preparedness, right? So they were prepared. They knew exactly who they were facing. They weren't being tricked by anything. So when when you have that talent plus the prep, you're like, it's perfect. That's a very good point. Now, when you have the talent, now you have the prep, now you have the anger, because of everything that is going on, mm-hmm. you can't do this. You won't be able to hit that. I mean, it's just, I marvel, I mean, over it. Uh, the late Robin Roberts 
when uh, uh, I would speak with him coming to the Cubs alumni, when he talked about those players, he would take a deep breath. As great as Robin Roberts was, okay, mm -hmm. there was a fear, not only facing like Hank and so on, even the uh, the Philadelphia Stars. I talk with 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 with, with Roberts about this constantly, hmm. and I used to love to because I wanted to know really how good those guys were. Yeah, I'm into one of the best pitchers that have ever pitched in the major leagues and he's telling me he don't like facing those stars because they make it look so easy can you imagine <laughs> so you know the history in it unfortunately goes more so when you're done i wish i would have been this way when i first started but better late than uh, never mm -hmm. but hank aaron is just uh, I mean, I just, you know, there's a lot of pitchers, obviously, that have died since then. But, Kev, when you talk to those pitchers, mm -hmm. their, their, their eyes, they get big because they remember maybe that ball almost hit them upside the head that it was hit so hard because of the grace of God, it didn't hit them. Okay? I, I the guy mean, was a, a vicious, vicious hitter. Yeah. No, it was like talking to like Gaylord Perry, talking to uh, Juan Marichal back in the day, and they would always talk about why did you not like facing the you know the greatest hitters all the time? Like they're like we love the competition, but what's not fun is when you're having to constantly think on the mound because this guy's this guy's three steps ahead of you, and they would you know name off like five guys, and it was always like Hank Aaron, it was always Willie Mays, obviously you know like Ted Williams, that that those type guys, they were way ahead of everyone. And you're going like, yeah. it, it, there's the talent thing, but then there's that, there's like the, the talent, the preparedness, and then there's the intimidation factor of who you are. And that like Hank Aaron might be at the top of the list. Like just, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then again, when you look at it and you're in baseball and you study it, who Kev is the gentleman that didn't vote for him for uh, the Hall of Fame, and if so, the nine of them, then there's nine then, guys. Then, then, like in the Senate, give us the reason why, other than the color of his skin. Mm. And guess what? If we don't get the right answer, why should they be voting exactly on Duke Allen? Yep. 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 I mean, really. Think about that. And including Ted Williams, how in God's green earth does this guy not get a hundred percent other than personally for me, a frustrated athlete? Mm -hmm. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, no, for sure. Some guy in this plane said, Hey, I'm not, I would like because he didn't treat you well as a as a media member, you know, like that. That's another mm -hmm. part. Well, you know what? Like in life, I mean, I got all fam. I got uh, a bunch of family members, and guess what? Some of them don't act uh, all right, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, uh, they come over for Thanksgiving and they bring in over a whole bag of Tupperware. What's that all about? See? I mean, you don't hold that against them, but I mean, it is what it is. You got to be able to deal with it. But the fact is, you know, I'm not going to have them bring it in and say, you ain't getting anything. Yeah. No, and like... that's, that's so totally different though, than when you look at it and people don't, you know, or it's not talked about, but can you imagine, let's do a story on your voting act, your career and having a vote for one of the most prestigious hmm. awards in sports. Uh, being in the Hall of Fame, let's check your record out on mm -hmm. your voting. And because we always really, really overlook it, and I look at it more so because of what happened to the late uh, Dick Allen, mm -hmm. but uh, we all talk about it. I, I, I talk with Hank about that. I talk yeah. with him about other players that are really dominant players. It has nothing to do with black or white. I mean, 
Fred McGriff. Oh, uh, my one of my good friends, uh, Dale how, Murphy. How the, how the hell both of those guys in the Braves organization, McGriff and Dale Murphy, are not in? You tell me. Hey, they're, this, you the tell numbers me. are stupid. I mean, and I, I, I didn't play with Fred, but I played with Dale. And uh, uh, all I got to tell you, I mean, uh, he has, what, nine, ten kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. He... He has been a gentleman, a soft speaker uh, from uh, uh, the day I've known him, even though he does say that I went up to him one day at the batting cage and uh, accused him of being afraid of getting hit. I don't remember that, but uh, he said that it really did turn his whole career around uh, having that conversation. Mm -hmm. But... With veteran players, Kev, the same as with Hank. He wasn't afraid to go to him. Hey, Dusty, you need to get your head in the game. Yeah. Hey, Dusty, hey, hey, Ralph, you need to get a little bit more rest. Hey, you're swinging. Hey, you need to get a better jump. The veteran players weren't afraid to get on younger players. And then we take that as constructive criticism as opposed to, hey, I want to be better than you. And it's about winning. I mean, uh, one of the most important stats that they don't do anymore, and maybe you could check that out with Hank, how about game-winning hits? Hmm. How about game-winning knocks? Because at the end of the day, last time I looked, the team that had the most Runs after nine wins the game if you're in that in the bottom. Yep. So how do you get there? I mean, you check his game winning hits out or tying up games. I mean, I hey man. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean I, look, there's there's the leverage stuff, right? And you could go high leverage, medium leverage, low leverage in in the games. Uh, low leverage obviously is like early on in the game. High leverage could be bases loaded moment. I mean, he was a three twenty eight nine eighty five guy in in high leverage situations like that. All I'm saying that that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, Kev. All I'm saying, people remember game winning hits. Oh yeah, people people remember knockouts. They may not remember the decisions, but as in a win, they remember knockouts. Mm-hmm. Plain, plain, plain and simple. But if history has it where it's not important, home runs are important. Hits are important. Pete Rose made it that way. Uh, uh, we don't talk about runs scored. Pete made it pretty popular. Hey, man, I want my one-two guys the beginning of the year saying they want to score 100 runs. That's never talked about anymore. Some kind of way, could you imagine having Ricky Henderson hit leadoff Mm. and you play 10 years behind him? Mm. What? Are you kidding me? I would beg to get two strikes because guess what? <laughs> He's be on <laughs> but see, that's the part of like you, you were like, think about the hitter that you were, like, you were willing to go the other way whenever you needed if they gave you that chance. I mean, the amount of because you're thinking most of the time as a righty, your second base is going to cover. And you're just like, I could shoot that hole at any time. Ricky's running. Oh, uh, come on. I'm telling you. I mean, it is great. When when I played with Mike Smith and I hit third, he was hitting fourth. I get to two and oh. Instinctively, the pitcher is looking to see who's coming up next. <laughs> Michael, you don't even have to know. He's slinging that weight. I mean, like he's getting ready to cut some lumber. Yeah. And you can hit. And my eyes is glued on that picture, and I'm digging in, and I'm looking there, and I'm saying to him, "You got nowhere to go." <laughs> you know, and yeah. especially after Mike taught me how to 
end up taking walks. But see, that's the 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 thing about Hank. Hank would take walks. Pal. Yeah. No. I, Sarge, there there's so many damn numbers about this guy that like never never struck out over a hundred times ever. He 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 had he had what thirty seven thousand or thirty seven thousand that would be awesome thirty seven thousand hits thirty seven hundred hits almost thirty eight hundred hits and he struck out thirteen hundred times like really what I mean that's that right there alone what I didn't even really know and particularly when you had guys striking out uh, hitters is unbelievable mm-hmm. okay I mean. Uh, uh, I mean, I get really chills when I hear stuff like that. I didn't even know that particular stat. Guess what? You know what? It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, there's really. the, like the the stuff. Like, okay, so Jason Stark did it uh, the other day, where he had the total ba- total number of bases six sixty eight hundred fifty six is the the major league record right now, and that 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 comes out to hundred and seventeen miles of total bases of what Hank Aaron had in his career. You know, that to me is one of the most insane things that through his twenties, his OPS was nine forty seven. His through his thirties, he was nine forty eight. How consistently great he was year after year after year with not one year carrying the other. Right. It was just unbelievable. And the guy won one damn MVP. And answer the question, please. Why does he only have one MVP? I look the one that the one that baffled me was uh, there was actually two. It was in '59, he hit 355 with a 1037 OPS, and he finished third. I think it was Ernie Banks. Yeah, it was Ernie Banks that year, uh, and he hit 304, 970, and he actually was second or third to Eddie Matthews in front of him. And I'm going like, I mean, Eddie Matthews had 182 hits, 46 homers. Hank Aaron had 40 plus more hits than both those guys and had 39 homers, 123 RBIs and a 1037 OP. And you're going like, how, how did he not win MVP? Okay. And the reason that I brought that up is that This is the reason of the consistency. The Mike Trout now of now, the Mike Trout of now. We're like, eh, whatever. He's because he's consistently great. <laughs> yeah, you you lose you lose him. They they they. He knows that Mike and I know him. He respects that, but because the history has been so diluted. It really gets that way, and it doesn't tell the story until, like, they're saying, man, I looked at this. Well, your appreciation becomes even more because of the fact you know how difficult, you know, that it is. Oh, for so sure. I guess it, it, it tells the stories about his stats, but as, as a guy in playing at that time, to be able to be the player that he became uh, uh, from Mobile, didn't want to come back. He, he he did. Hey man, there guys. If you tell him, hey man, you make a free throw at the end of the game, I'm gonna kick your butt. You know, when you're mm-hmm. in high school or something like that. They told this guy, you're gonna lose your life. Yeah. What did he do? He went to seven fifty-five on him. Uh, like again, stuff that, you know, playing the game is one thing for, and knowing how hard it is, but never knowing the, what, you know, guys went through in that, in regards to that, uh, I, I, you can't comprehend it. Can't comprehend it. Yeah. Cause it, that, yeah, I think I mean, that's what, if you think about it, if you're, if you're a generally good human being, you'll realize that that. And all the stuff, all the success that he had on the field, probably was fifty times to a thousand times, a thousand times more than what it really was, because of everything that was coming from off the field. Oh, absolutely! Could you imagine back then if we had cell phones? Oh. 
Okay. Then I mean, and and the way things are even uh, today, but uh, you know, not to really even tarnish uh, and negative things uh, with his uh, legacy. Uh, you know, he he had an infectious smile, uh, but again. The, the the way that he, he carried himself uh, made it to where, you know, you really wanted to be uh, uh, around him. I mean, uh, and uh, both black, white, green, whatever. Uh, and I've seen them when I've gone there. And the guys that he's really touched, uh, Clipper Jones, you know, oh. Dale Murphy. I mean, uh, not so much. Uh, the pitchers, because they were great uh, anyway, but, you know, um, he had some influence on on, on people. Um, you know what? He was a, a great person, and uh, uh, once he gets to heaven, I don't know who's hitting third, but guess what? That's a hell of a he, game up there. Another position, let me tell you, okay? <sighs> Oof. I mean, yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Like the, uh, who would be who would be hitting third? <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. uh, but I mean, it, it's an you know, there's so many the, things. The mere fact that he hit them their 300 with two outs, because oh. keeping see, this is the the thing that the guys don't realize that are playing the day and hitting third to say, oh, it's just another out. No, no, you keep the line moving. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how many doubles he hit because he was an excellent uh, base runner. Uh, and uh, to be there on second base or always, or having a pitcher in the stretch, I mean, the guy, you don't get that many hits in RBIs, you know, without being really, I mean, a stud. You just... So driving that, people don't understand that driving that many runs right there, I mean, somebody might have had to add you about four or 500 yeah. just because. Yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to drive one in. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look, most of, uh, so much of his career in Atlanta as well, and it's a little hot there, you know, and to, to, to keep on doing it and not wear down, that's the other part. Again, yeah. part of what I was yeah. telling you before, the the legend in my mind of Hank Aaron is this a monster, right? Like a guy that's huge, like six five. Like you, they, you just think that because someone that puts up those numbers has got to be a big dude. No, yeah, and and, yeah. and and we know guys that are I'm same size as Hank Aaron, right? And so I can understand the wear down effect of playing every day or, you know, in the late August, especially in Atlanta to not have that wear down effect is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, again, you know, look at his background, you know, again, we all have sad stories. Mm -hmm. uh, his background has fueled his, his whole life. You know, he grew up poor. Okay, he grew up, I don't know if you saw the pictures there uh, uh, of some of the ones he had there in, uh, in Mobile, but um, when you've experienced things and you don't really want to go back, uh, that effort is a lot more. And like he would say, he's playing for more than just him. He's playing for people that are coming even after him. This is why when he has his funeral, there are so many people uh, that are enduring uh, of him. I mean, you know, he's personally for me, and I don't know if the same impact, but in my life, he's up there, you know, with uh, Martin Luther King. Mm. Uh, I've, had I've had a chance to learn more about John Lewis being yeah. in Atlanta. He's up there. Oh. You know, with those people, and Hank didn't always get stuff that was in the paper. A lot of times, he would do things, and nobody even heard about. You know, so uh, you know, you measure someone's heart by what they're doing, period, in giving. 
So I, I uh, the, the other day, uh, for sure, a, f- a family friend is the head coach for the Atlanta Hawks and Lloyd Pierce. And Lloyd is, we've known him since high school and as cool as anyone I've ever met in my life. And he's done so much in Atlanta now. Uh, but I, I want to say two years ago in his first year coaching, he had Hank come over and talk to his team. And like, he goes, Hank was thanking me this whole time. And, and I'm going, no, thank you for coming out. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't realize how, like, you are insanely, like, you're, like you said, he walks in and there's a light shining down right on him. <laughs> like, you know that this guy is so special the moment he walks in. And it, it, to be so gracious, to be so humble and be like, no, 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 thank you for asking me and do it. It's like, come on, you're the great, you are the great Hank Aaron. <laughs> Before I let you go, um, you know, playing and knowing Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Hank Aaron, uh, three of the greatest hitters of all time. What would you say the biggest similarity between those three would be? Well, attitude. Attitude. And putting, putting, <laughs> see, this, they put winning before stats. And it's simple. They already knew if they didn't hit, they didn't win. Hmm. I remember Willie McCovey telling me, he says, hey, uh, Sarge, at the time, though, in San Francisco, uh, my nickname was Sweet. And he said, hey, stop it, Kev. Uh, I said, listen, uh, he told me, I don't know what it is, but when Willie's on the field, I feel so much better. Here's another Hall of Famer saying (laughs) that he needs Willie on the field. And... the, the, the worst thing about being on the Giants is when you're on first base, the guys tell you, hey, don't run, leave the hole open. And <laughs> the first baseman, he's back on the on the uh, outfield grass and telling you, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how hard Willie hits, hits the ball there. I mean, seriously. But, you know, those three there, I mean – um, I, I, I'm more prejudiced because I played with Willie Mays and, mm-hmm. um, he also used to give all the outfielders those kangaroo gloves that mm-hmm. they bought. Uh, but the, the things that he did in playing in San Francisco, uh, you know, just, and also coming from Mobile, Alabama, yeah. by the way, yeah. uh, just uh, a blessing to be able to come with uh, in that organization. And Dusty feels the same way about uh, Hank Aaron, Hmm. but no bones about it. Uh, And we can't say if this or that, but I would like to say, providing it was the same ballparks, Willie Mays would have more home runs because he altered his stroke to be able to hit that wind and candlestick in San Francisco, California. Oh yeah. No, and it, it, I always, I would joke with them because I'd never took a day for granted ever. Not one day when I was a giant that I would be in the clubhouse would I not go and talk to Willie, and yeah. we would talk all this stuff. Yeah. And he'd be like, <laughs> I, I hit my first bomb, and he would be like, "Man, I would have had nine hundred homers if I hit hit it like where you did yesterday." And I'd be like, "I mean, come on, this Willie, it's my first. <laughs> and to have the opportunity, uh." to be able to interact and to feel comfortable and saying anything you want yeah. tells you all you need to know about Willie Mays. Well, and and, and McCovey, both those guys. McCovey knew more about what was going on with me uh, when I would get back, like if I got went sent down and, and called back up, he knew everything that I had done. Uh, why the hell did it take you so long? And, and Kev, and like the same thing from Willie. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I was I was blessed, and then you come over here, and then you have the the chance to you know being able to play for the Giants, being able to play for the Phillies. I find two of the most story two of the most storied franchises in our sport, and to be able to talk to Mike Schmidt, you know, and and yeah. and be able to have conversations with him, and to understand that like when you're talking to him, it's a different beast because 
like greatness was every moment, right? It wasn't just like <laughs> what is the most what is the most profound thing that you have gotten from or a conversation or something that Schmitty, Mike Schmidt has said to you that have kind of helped you not only maybe in the game, but just in life. What is the most profound thing that uh, Mike would have said to you? Oof. Come to the yard every day ready to play like it's your last. That's good. I'm impressed. Because he would, he would, he and I would talk, he and I would talk about hitting. Did you make that up or did he say that? No, he told me that. He told me that. Because I know you're quick. I know you're quick. Okay. No, no. There's certain things because I, like, again, it's like talking, for me, it's like talking to Mays and McCovey. When you talk to a Hall of Famer, it's different. Like Rhino. Ryan Sandberg and I had tons of conversations and it's a different beast when uh, you know who they are, what they've done how they went about their business and they're willing to talk to you and give you that insight. You don't, I don't forget things. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's great. Those two hall of famers. I had the, uh, 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 pleasure or opportunity to hit in front of Mike. And I got to tell you something. It was the easiest hitting I've ever done in my life. And the most predictable in playing with Ryan Stanberg. I hit behind him and would actually scream at the pitchers from the third base hitting circle <laughs> if they threw up a hit. And I'd scream out to, hey, don't mess with him, mess with me. And Rhino would step out and start laughing, kind of. <laughs> but uh, we were so close-knit in uh, 84 and um, uh, obviously, uh, both those seasons, 83, I'll never forget it because I was in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And then in 84 with the Cubs because they had never won in anybody's lifetime. Mm. So those were really perfect uh, scenarios uh, uh, for me. But in Philly, man, love it. Those people there, those fans there. I like it. You know why? Because as an athlete, and you know this, and sorry getting off the subject with Hank, don't be going out having no great time, the team's losing, and you having a bad year. Guess what? You subject not to have a couple teeth when you go back home. Yeah. All right? Just the opposite. You know, when things are going well and so on, Man, in 83, I don't even think I ever paid for a cheesesteak. <laughs> you know, All right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I just, it goes with the territory. But I say that to say they're very, very respectful. Uh, they are very respectful in not so much the year because of the blue-collar city, the effort. Yeah. Okay. I mean, try doing broadcasting, Kevin. Don't do any homework and 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 wing it. Mm. See how that comes off. Yeah, it won't. You know, <laughs> it, no, it won't because of the fact you have been in that situation where, hey man, I'm gonna give my best no matter what. Mm-hmm. Don't look for me to make the last out. And obviously, that that kind of conversation with even with Hank. Hey man. I don't care if it's a hundred to one or whatever. Don't make me, I ain't being the last out. And uh, even every time I took the field, more so even with Hank, hey man, there ain't one time in the minor leagues, Kev, I didn't think about Josh Gibson or or, uh, uh, Jackie Robinson. But what it did, it fueled you on days maybe that you didn't, couldn't get up for it, mm-hmm. but it made you where you wanted to be even better. And then Hank was basically the same way. Hank was playing for the guys that had come be before him and, and come in after him. Mm. He was making an example and he had an example in Jackie Robinson, but that's what he wanted to do was to be a baseball player. I mean, honestly, I could go on and on and on. Um, 
you can feel my compassion oh, yeah. about uh, uh, Hammer, uh, but Man Alive, it just, you know, uh, I, I mean, I had the pleasure of playing against him, and it wasn't a good thing when a left-handed pitcher was pitching, <laughs> and you can't get back fast enough, and you call them sinking line drives, okay? You know, the kind of hit oh, your yeah. foot and then you're out for, like, broken foot. <laughs> right? You better ask somebody. I'm telling you, man, terrific hitter, and uh, I feel so blessed uh, and the players in my era uh, that had the opportunity to talk with them one day uh, would have to say the same thing. Uh, man's man uh, uh, helped out his fellow man and was one of the most feared hitters that ever played in the major leagues. And I, for one, uh, really happy. Uh, I had the opportunity to be around him and uh, really uh, uh, people like him. Well, I love it. I mean, uh, I'm going to end it on that one because to me, you summed it up perfect. And from someone that's never got a chance to watch him play, meet him, but knows of the legend and of like just the, the pure human that he was. Uh, It's a sad loss, but again, it's one that is great at times because we talk so much and and we hear so many great stories about the man. Yeah. It's on. And we do have kind of like films and so on, but they're in black and white and it doesn't, you can't appreciate that slider. Hmm that Bob Gibson was throwing. And let me tell you something. If you bail, you know yourself as a hitter. If we're not in our mechanics and going the way we should, if we get a hit, it is luck. <laughs> now, we know when we locked in, okay? We know when we locked in. We know when we're looking, you know, uh, 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 inside, and you end up getting and doing what? you need to be able to do yeah but you know i'm 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 happy uh being around mickey mantle uh oh i'm sorry not mickey but joe dimaggio Hmm. uh, uh ted williams and when they start to talk kev just like with the hammer and hank they draw a crowd yeah some people don't even know what they're talking what he's talking about and they all will start to run and they'll say, Hey man, there's hammer, hmm. you know, and he ain't like some of the guys of today that when a crowd comes, they take off like Jesse Owens. Mm-hmm. He engages people yeah, same way Martin did. And sometimes it gets really kind of tearful because you get selfish and you go like, Oh God, did you, did you have to take him? Mm-hmm. Did you have to take him uh, from us uh, uh, right now? And even in the wheelchair, Kev, to go over to talk to him, and maybe you haven't talked to him in three or four or five months, it's just like you've been talking to him mm-hmm. every day. He starts laughing. He starts reminiscing on stories. Hey, man, that's what you call a, not only a true friend, but he's just, and you're in it. When you're in the fraternity mm-hmm. with 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 Homer, you're in the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's pulling up a chair for you. Oh man, I tell you, it's uh, it's been a rough uh, few days. But even with Phil Nickroll and even Don Sutton, and mm-hmm. uh, I respected him so much. Uh, and even growing up in that Los Angeles area, but you know. Uh, those Dodgers and Giants, hey man, they'll bring out the best in you, one way or the other, or the worst. No okay, whichever side you want to be on. But uh, really, really uh, nice talking to you. My first interview with uh, with you. I don't oh, know. It's if been it's so good. Well, now, like I don't, I, I try never to make this like interviews. It's just conversation. Is this this is what we're supposed to? When you're talking about Hank, you know, pulling up a chair, like this is what I want to have is conversations just about like. It's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, 
I don't know, and I'll let you go after this. Don't know how you felt about pitchers, but you know, know. when I was doing the broadcast, <laughs> one of the most difficult things was me interviewing uh, uh, pitchers because I just, quite frankly, didn't really like them unless they were on my team, mm-hmm. like Steve Carlton. But uh, uh, I had the honor of interviewing um, uh, Nolan Ryan and um, um, being around Harry Callis can be uh, intimidating at times. Uh, But after that interview, he told me it was one of the best he's ever heard, but he never looked up and he continued to do his lineups and so on. And I walked away and I said, God damn, can you believe this? <laughs> hey, man, I blew up my cell phone. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, God. that's so but, good. Yeah, no, I, saying, I'll tell you what, Sarge, there's nothing, there's nothing better than I, well, I mean, playing, there's nothing better than playing, but like, secondly, is doing this and being able to, to have the conversations you do, but it is hard with pitchers. Cause you're just talking about like, I would have raked you. I would have like in the back of your mind, you're like, I would have, I would have, I would have destroyed, or you would have owned me. And then that would have been made, that would have made me a little bit more yeah. pissed. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Well, 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 take it further. When you talk to pitchers, if they take a, a deep breath, that means they had some problems because all of our stories kind of get really, embellished over the years, if you will, yeah. uh, one way or the other. Uh, but the fact is, again, uh, when you're hitting 60 feet, six inches, it's the competition. And uh, again, my motto is don't look for me to make the last out. I don't give a shit what the story is. Okay, man, it. I'm proud of myself. First I time I said a no, uh, but this, it was the uh, it, perfect context. It's what you know, perfect context. So, all right, man. All right, Sarge. I appreciate you coming on and talking about Hank and uh, the best to you and the fam. And and I'll talk to you soon. Anytime, uh, anytime, Kev. Keep it in the fairway. Oh, I appreciate it. You're the man, and I look the stories of a young Sarge are even better. But just knowing who Hank Aaron was to him, the passing of the torch to Sarge himself, and just the continued friendship. And it's sad, but again, uh, so many good things come out of it sometimes in the conversations, the stories, the everything about a guy like Hank Aaron uh, is special. So with that being said, on top of this with Sarge, tomorrow, please tune in again as we have the great Charlie Manuel. He's going to come on Pine Tar for breakfast, and we're going to talk even more about Hank Aaron because for Charlie, it was our always hitting season, and I think if you talk about Hank Aaron, <laughs> every day was hitting season. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Pine Tar for breakfast. Until next time, peace.